Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We can truly feel the presence of God in this place. And I know that you can feel it in your home. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Amen. For his soothing comfort and his strength. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome today to this evening. As we come here to worship the Lord and, and talk about his word, I just want to thank the Lord and thank my pastor and my pastoral uh, staff as they entrust this moment of speaking his word unto the people of God. And, and I want to speak today on a topic called to be an ambassador of Christ, to be to be called, called to be an ambassador of Christ, called to be an ambassador of Christ. Hallelujah. And, and I, I uh, have scripture on 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21, and I'm going to read it. Father, Lord, just have your way, my God. Speak to me. Speak to us. Speak to the brothers and sisters that are there at home in need of a, of a fresh word of salute word of strength and a word of ch of challenging their lives to continue going forward and doing your will and your way praise the lord and i'm gonna read those two verses although i got some other scriptures it speaks and says in the name of the father the son holy spirit we are therefore christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to speak today about being an ambassador of Christ. We're called to be an ambassador of Christ, and we're living in a divided nation, and in a divided world and sad, <laughs> sadness, if, if we allow it to, to take over, it's just sad if you think about it. But the church cannot be divided. The body of Christ cannot take, take um, I don't think we could take sides. I, I, I think we need to take Christ's sides, Christ, the side of Christ, and represent him. You know, Pastor just mentioned it. When we get back and when you get back and when we all worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord, church can't be the way it was. It's got to be different. We've got to represent him differently. And um, we need to become representatives of his kingdom. No other kingdom, not a political party, um, not a denomination, not a man or a woman, not a label but an ambassador of Christ. And what is an ambassador? You know, it, it's pretty interesting. I, I thought a lot about my youth. Drew me back because I grew up um, within a, the, the denomination that I'm part of. Um, you know, we were called the ambassadors of Christ. Embajadores de Cristo in Spanish. And that was our name, but um, I wonder, I can't think back that long. I wonder if I really knew what it really meant to be a representative of Christ. I wonder if I knew what that 
entailed. Um, to define it, it's a person who acts as a representative or a promoter of a specific activity. It's also an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. And then I looked at a biblical um, definition, and this, the, world is, the word is found in various uh, places in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and it has different meanings. One who goes on an errand, an interpreter, a messenger, to act as a representative, representative, it denotes those who are appointed by God to declare his will, like apostles or us. And that's the example of 2 Corinthians 5.20. It's you have been called, you have been appointed to be his representative, to be his ambassador upon a world that needs to see an example of hope, of, of, of goodness, of, of love, of empathy, of compassion, of so many things. In my research, I found that a good ambassador of Christ, you, you might need to be loving and gentle and respectful. You need to know him because you need to know who you're representing. You need to be patient and humble and discerning. And you need to know your word because how do you find out about him if not in the word? Yet I continue to wonder about what kind of actions do I need to take in order to represent him well. And although this is not an exhausted list, I went to a familiar scripture for me. And it's familiar to me because this is what I have wanted to live by in my ministry and in my call. And it's found in the book of Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4. A scripture that later Jesus um, quotes in Luke 4, 16 through 21. So it's, and it's a piece of scripture that describes the ministry and the call upon Jesus. But yet, isn't it funny that we need to be like Jesus? We're to be like the one we represent. And he said that greater things we would do in his name. So... Like I said, although there are many scriptures that I could have used, and there are many things that embodies an ambassador of Christ, I want to look at these few examples. Um, you know, during these times, like I shared earlier, the world needs to see someone. The world needs to see an example of, of something different. Give me an alternative. <laughs> Give me options. Isn't that what we do with our kids? I'll give you an option. Give me options. I am old school. The only option I have is called Jesus Christ. So I found in, the script, in this piece of scripture a couple of things that I think we need to, to be like. We need to represent and I think the first thing that we need to understand in order to be a good representative is that we must understand the call. You see, the word says, for the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. You need to decide, are you called by him? And you are. He called us all. We've all been called to go out and make disciples and do different things in his kingdom. 
And we've all been sealed with the Holy Spirit of God that we've been speaking about since a few weeks ago. We've been sealed by that Holy Spirit. Right? And this just means that we've just been set apart. We're different. We've got to be different. We've got to act different. We've been set apart to represent him. We've been called and, and, and anointed and set apart to, to, to represent Jesus, to walk in his authority. You see, when we understand who we are in Christ, when we understand that we have been set apart, when we understand our position in him, we're going to walk differently. We're going to walk in his authority, in his strength. We're going to walk understanding that there's a purpose and a plan for my life. You've been called. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> oh, man, but I've messed up. You've been called. Oh, man, but I don't have the right education. You've been called. Oh, but I don't do things right. You've been called. <laughs> You've been set apart. You've been anointed to represent him. The second thing I think we need to, to do is that it, it speaks about in, in, in verses 1 and 3, it says, um, it, it, to proclaim good news to the poor, okay? And it says, to proclaim um, good news to the poor. Okay, let me leave it there because we proclaim a lot in this chapter. To proclaim means to declare publicly, typically to insist proudly or, or, or be even defiant in speech or in writing. We've been seeing a whole lot of proclamation lately, right? It's to announce, to outward, outwardly show and declare something, something that we consider important and with due emphasis. And it's telling us to proclaim good news to the poor. You see, in my context, or in our context, the declaration of good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what you and I are called to. If we really represent him, we are called to show that Jesus is the way. He is the life. He is the light. He is the truth. We are to show people. You see? In, the, in chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18, it speaks about a reconciliation. It speak, and I read it. I don't think I read it. I read, I read the, uh, the 20 and, and, and 21, but it says, 18 and 19 says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he was committed to us, to us the message of reconciliation. We are called to point to, to, to the world, to the people in need, that they are to be reconciled with Christ, through, uh, with God, through Christ. You see, it, it, it has stopped. That original sin is no longer over your head. You see, that, that, that distance between God and you is no longer there. Because of who? Because of Christ. That's the good news that we're to call to the poor. And it's pretty interesting because it says to the poor. But it doesn't mean poor people, rich or, or not, or with money or not with money. It means that a man and a woman without the Lord, a, a man and a woman without a relationship with Christ is spiritually poor. 
A man and a woman that does not have the Lord in, living inside their lives, that has, have, not, have not accepted him as Christ, as, as the Lord, as the one that came and died for us on the cross of Calvary, resurrected at the third day and is now sitting at the, at the right hand of God. Whoever does not accept that, and oh, and he's coming back. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he's coming back. is poor in his spirit. It's empty. It's spiritually dead. It's spiritually poor. So we are called to bring good news. And isn't the world in need of some good news? <laughs> we have the good news. You want to represent Christ? And I know this is a challenge because sometimes during this time, I don't know if, about you, but we haven't been feeling maybe to do anything. <laughs> Let me just sleep, or, or let me just eat, or let me just do something else. <laughs> you know, I don't even want to see at the computer. I don't want to, you know, not, I don't want to do another Zoom, right? So we're living in challenging times, but we are called to rise up above that and still represent it. That no matter if the earthquakes, it doesn't matter the situation's ugly, it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter the sadness, it doesn't matter the situation, I am to rise up over that. And tell people about the Lord. And tell people some good news. As representative of Christ, we are called to proclaim freedom. It says to proclaim freedom to the captive and release from darkness um, for, for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. You see, we ourselves need to be freed. And, and, and what does this mean? And what does this look like? I ask myself. I ask myself a lot of questions, guys. That's what I do for a living, so I do it unto myself. <laughs> you know what that means? That means that we stand firm with an unshakable faith, not bound by anything in this world, not bound by what's going on or what's happening or what doesn't happen. I am not bound. I am free to stand and live for him. True freedom means accepting his liberating power through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The year of the Lord, it spoke, it spoke to the Jews a lot because they were familiar with this idea of the Jubilee. And that meant that every 50 years, the people of Israelites would take one year off and cancel all debts and return all the, all the land that they had bought. They would turn it back to the people that they had bought them from. Everything was, um, uh, 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 there was a freedom, there was a liberation, there was a canceling of a debt. You see, Jesus Christ did that. <laughs> he read what was being fulfilled in Luke 4. Because from that moment on has become the, the year of the Lord. And that's what you and I need to proclaim you see, then it speaks in, in, in Isaiah, it speaks about vengeance. And Luke, he doesn't mention the vengeance because we're already entering the grace. <laughs> Thank God for that. But vengeance does come when we don't submit to him. You know, and it's not vengeance that he, he punishes us. It's our own stuff because we make wrong decisions without the Lord. We make the, the wrong moves and the wrong detours, and that messes us up. We mess ourselves up because we're not in a relationship with the Lord. Can we, can we tell people about freedom? Can we stand? 
And, 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 and as we enter this relationship with him, it's really interesting because we are free through the word of God. We become free through his word. We become free on, on our knees. Kneeling has become something of a, a political symbol. But you know what kneeling means to me? It means that I humble my life before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that he's the one that's going to bring freedom and liberation to my life. When I kneel, then I can stand. When I kneel, then I can stand firm. When I kneel, I can then be lifted up. When I kneel, then I can speak out freedom and true liberation in him. Hallelujah. You see, uh, when we kneel and, and we pray, allowing him to totally transform our lives. And I understand this is a process. We like that word a lot. It's a process. I know, I know. We get, we're not there yet. But if we allow him to transform our lives, we then will become that representative. We will be free from fear, anxiety, the things from our past, the things that bind us, those roots of bitterness, those things from our past events, totally healed and totally transformed. Many do not believe this during these days, that we can be totally transformed, that we can be totally changed. I know, I know, it's a work in progress. But some of you are not even working on it. Sometimes I'm not working on it either. I got to include myself. But he has the transforming power to set the captives free, to bring people out of darkness and into light, to, to free prisoners from their sins, from their situation, from their bondage, from their, from their thoughts, from their mindset, and bring liberation and liberate a man and a woman to then come and follow the Lord. These are times that as representatives of Christ, we are called to pray in order to have the authority to come against Satan and his schemes. Because we're not fighting against men or flesh or blood. We're, we're, we're fighting against his schemes and, 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 and powers of darkness and, 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 and Satan himself as he tries to destroy humanity. As he tries to destroy what we believe and what we stand for. Oh, would somebody get up with me and proclaim Christ? Would somebody get up with me and proclaim freedom in Christ? Because John 8, 36 says, so if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. That's who we need to represent. Christ will free you. And I know it's a tough message because I'm challenging you. To go against what they're saying. To go against what people believe. To go against what the system believes. But no one called us to be popular. No one called us to, to have people on, on our good side. We will be mocked. We will be pushed aside. Because we represent something that the world does not want to embrace. The world does not want to surrender themselves unto a living God unto a powerful God and submit to what he would have us do because it's contrary you see he would want us to love he would want us to, to to have empathy and compassion and that brings me to the next point you see as representative of Christ we are called to bind up the brokenhearted and bring comfort you see, a couple of weeks ago, I, I spoke about this comforting. 
But it's Christ that brings and binds up the brokenhearted. Psalm 143.3 says, I'm sorry, 147.3 states, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You see, more than ever, this world needs some healing. More than ever, it's not only physical healing that we so much desire, and we do desire that. But we also need some spiritual healing. We need some internal healing. We need some heart and mind healing. We need some emotional healing. And only the Lord can do that. And last two weeks ago, I spoke about this. You see, when a, when a, when a wound gets infected, it needs a doctor. And for the physical, you can call a medical doctor. And then they, are, they have their limitations as well. But for an internal wound, you need to call the doctors of all doctors. You need to call the one that created that heart and that mind and that emotion to go and penetrate the deepest part of that man's life and that woman's life and transform and change them. Because I can't do it. I don't get paid enough to do it. I can't do it. We can't do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A few weeks ago, I shared about comfort. And in summary, I spoke about God being the author um, of all comfort. In all our troubles, he does comfort us. He uses others to comfort us and us to comfort them. We find comfort in his word. And we need to know the Holy Spirit as the comforter. As one who comforts us. Yet in this passage, it's pretty interesting because it's sort of, a, of like a dance, like a trading thing. And I love it that's going on here. Look at what it says. It says, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of, 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 of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. As a representative of Christ, we are called, and I know that especially in these times we are called to, to come alongside those that are in mourning we are called to provide uh, uh, strength and, and help in the time of need we are called to provide people with crowns of beauty instead of ashes and that's a pretty interesting um, um, theme because ashes was what people wore as they tore their clothes and, and, they, and they were in grief and they, they just tore their, their clothes off and they just poured um, 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 ashes on them because they were in so much despair. Oh, oh, God is looking for a, for a representative that will that will go down to that person and, and would mend and would heal and will clean that person's ashes. Oh, that would take the joy of oil instead of mourning. There are people hurting in our world. There are men and women that, that are grieving and have not even been able to do that properly. Oh, and I, 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 I call on you today. Oh, sometimes we've got to take our own stuff, put it in a little compartment, hide it away for a minute or two or three, and set all that aside and say, Lord, I got to minister to this one because this one's worse than I am. Sometimes, just sometimes, we've got to say, Lord, you're going to take care of my stuff. But let me step out in faith and help this person that is in grief. Sometimes, just sometimes, 
Oh, you got to put on some you got to put on that garment of praise and although we don't want to praise, we need to lift up our, our, our arms and up to heaven, our hands up to heaven. We need to lift up our, our voices unto the Lord and just worship and uplift him and magnify him instead of my spirit of despair. Understanding and knowing that as I do that, he will lift up that this that spirit of despair. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes people can't put on that garment. So we need to help them put it on. We need to help them put it on. If I've learned anything in throughout this time is that we need people. We need each other. We can't do this alone. You know, my friend is always saying she's going to go to the moon. And all right, I, I tell her, all right, now she chose Mars. But that, that's just our talk. Because if God would have wanted us alone, we would have been alone. That's not, it's not normal. Hallelujah. You want to be a representative of Christ? Roll up your sleeves. The opportunities are going to, they're already here. They're already here. But they're going to be greater. They're going to be greater. For you to minister, for you to represent Christ, for you to become um, that, that, that person, become his hands and become his, his arms and become his legs. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If we are called to represent him as, as is to help people, we need to help them trade in their past for a new creation and a wonderful future. It says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is now a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are come, are becoming new. Oh, people are going to want to forget the past. <laughs> but yet not forgetting the lessons we've learned and are learning. But yes, moving forward to a future that he has for us. We are called to be to be his feet and his arms, like I said before. We are called to be people of compassion, showing empathy, and definitely throughout these days, showing love. We've got to be different. So I know that this message is challenging for a lot of us. It's challenging for me. You see, because I've understood also that we've got to look at our own stuff before we even look out there. If I want to represent Christ the right way, I need to look at my own wounds and my own biases, at my own racism. Oh, in order that I can be healed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit so then I can help transform others. We think it's easy. It's a process. But you've got to be willing to get into that process. You see, so... We need to do these things, and I'm sure there's a couple more. But why? What for? So what are, so what are the benefits and the results of being an ambassador of Christ? I know for me it was growing up in, in, a, in a local church that showed me a couple of things and being part of an amazing group youth. To, to me, it was my group youth, so I loved it. And forming relationships that I will never forget to this day. You see, when we do this, when we decide to be a, a, an ambassador of Christ, we, along with others, are going to become the display of his splendor, a reflection of his glory, of what was and what is, 
what is known, right? They will also now represent Christ along with us. We're going to bring people alongside of us. And we're no longer going to represent him by ourselves. Others are going to join in. Let me read you what some of the benefits will be. It says, they will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You see, it speaks about oaks of righteousness. And it's pretty interesting because, you know, we were uh, last year into the trees and all of that. And so I said, what is an oak tree? You see, and it symbolizes, it's one of the most loved tree in the world, trees in the world. It symbolizes strength, strength and, and mighty, moral resistance, knowledge associated with honor, nobility, wisdom, and because of its size, longevity. That's who you and I will become along with others. You see, sounds to me that as we work on being and becoming ambassadors of Christ, by understanding the call, by proclaiming the things I shared with you that we need to proclaim, by binding and comforting others, the results will be that we will be made right, that we will rebuild, that we will be restored, and that we will be renewed. I don't know about you, but I just about right now, I need to be rebuilt. Just about right now, I need some restoration. Just about right now, I need some renewal. Would you join me? I challenge you. Would you join me in this season and in the season that we are entering in and the season to come, that we stand firm in our faith, in who we believe, in Christ, representing him for his glory, for his honor, and for our benefits. God bless you.